Hello everyone and welcome to our podcast Four Quarters and Two Halves. Here we talk all things basketball or uh, and also football or soccer whatever you want to call it. And uh, I think it's only fair that before we get started we introduce ourselves and uh, you want to get started? Yeah, for sure. Uh my name is Sudeesh and I am uh I just finished I'm in engineering. I just finished my third year in engineering in University of New Brunswick. Uh so me and Sunil we met together in our first year at McMaster University but there were some personal issues and I had to leave my first year he's broke uh yeah and then uh I went to University of New Brunswick so yeah that's me uh so yeah uh, my name is Sunil and as he said uh we met in first year I'm also in engineering I'm uh, a third year engineering student and uh we kind of uh have always had this friendship and relationship where we're always talking about sports and uh whenever we go on a bus ride or if we're sitting idly at home and uh, we always talk about football or uh basketball we end up talking about the games trades transfers things like that and uh something happened in the past few weeks which is uh the NBA finals uh happened and we were sitting in one of the pubs and uh we were having a chat about the games and about the f- next uh season coming up and uh what different teams can do to be better things like that and it felt like it was a podcast yeah like i remember like when we walked down the street and we were just talking about the first game of the nba finals between celtics and warriors mm-hmm. and we decided okay we're going to do a podcast yeah. uh maybe basketball podcast or a football podcast eventually it came together as being a podcast that talks about both yeah which is a great idea i think and uh yeah i'm really glad Five games later, we're done with the finals. I think a couple of <laughs> weeks down. Yeah, and uh, we're here. Yeah, it's uh, we're gonna start a new season and uh, we're gonna start a new podcast. Yeah. So hopefully we can go through the entire season with this. Yeah. And uh, I just wanted to say that even though this is sort of a basketball and football combined podcast, we sort of don't have an outlay or an yeah. overview as to what the division of. Uh, time is between the two sports mm-hmm. uh as things come up we will talk about uh each of the sport yeah. sometimes we'll talk about basketball sometimes football and yeah. it it might it might uh, vary from episode to episode for sure uh but yeah so i think we're first we're fans always right yeah. and i think it's only fair to talk about what type of a fan we are and what teams we support yeah. so you want to get started with yeah, that yeah for sure um so i support chelsea i'll just have a little bit of a cup the only Represent. trophy we won last year it was a cup yeah so i support <laughs> chelsea uh last year i mean when I, i started supporting chelsea i think in 2014 very convenient of me to say but uh, yeah i started supporting them because one of my friends um was also a chelsea fan and i just randomly decided to pick chelsea just like him um and yeah i think ever since that i think initially i was not really a fan per se but eventually like i started getting more emotional about yeah. the games and i started watching a lot more games and yeah i think the fan in me has event has be- developed has evolved. Deve- evolved yes mm. i'm eve- i'm now a fan i can say that for sure <laughs> for chelsea football club um uh, yeah i know you are a manchester city fan and ha- do you want to yeah. describe your journey as Exa- a fan yeah absolutely and uh like you said i'm a manchester city fan uh i've been a fan for a little over a decade maybe 13 14 years now i was like 
nine years old when I was introduced to football and when I was introduced to Man City because uh, my dad used to work for the company that sponsored Man City at the time and still does Etihad Airways. So I ended up learning about Man City through my dad and uh, he sort of passed that on to me and uh, I'm, a, I'm a fan now and I always believe that, uh, mm. you know, the team that you support, you don't get to choose it. It's the team that chooses you. Yeah. So Man City could have chosen any company to sponsor them and my dad could have chosen any company to work for yeah. and it sort of just fell into place and I believe like mm. uh, yeah. Man City chose me to be their it's fan. It's almost like destiny, it, isn't it? Yeah, it, it kind cool. of is in a way. Yeah. And I, I believe that, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So now that we have talked about football mm -hmm. and we have talked about how we became football fans, do you want to talk about how your journey as a basketball fan came about? Absolutely. Um, so basketball isn't hasn't been as long as uh, mm. football that's for sure but yeah. uh, that's purely because we didn't have that much exposure to basketball yeah. back, home. back home so yeah. to give some context uh, both of us grew up in India and I believe Sudish grew up in Zambia if yeah. I'm not eventually wrong. yeah yeah so uh, we moved to Canada for our university studies and that's why we live here right now in Canada close to Toronto uh, that's where we're based out of and uh, Back home, when we lived there, as growing up as teenagers, there wasn't as much hype for the NBA out there. And when we moved to Canada for university, we definitely got more exposed to it because yeah. almost everyone plays uh, yeah. the game here. And it's one of the only sports that we play indoors during the winter, right? Yeah. Because, 100%. well, it's too snowy to play outside. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's sort of uh, how it started. and. Everyone here supports the Raptors and they're always talking about the Raptors games. It's it's sort of uh, mandatory small talk if the Raptors won a game the previous night, you sort of bring that up. Yeah. So that's how I got exposed to it like three to four years ago now. Yeah. And I've slowly developed and started watching basketball and uh, over time, I did decide not to be a Raptor supporter. Uh, I chose to be a Memphis Grizzlies supporter because uh, at the time, my dad was living in Memphis and uh, it just sort of fell into place and I liked the team as well. So I'm a Memphis Grizzlies supporter. And uh, what about you? Do you want to? Yeah, for sure. Um, I was never like a basketball fan per se, but like I used to watch a lot of couple of videos on YouTube. I, I've been watching LeBron for some time, but like not as deeply as some people do as they worship him and all. Uh, but I still think he's the best player of all time. I've seen his plays. Uh, I've seen the block. So like there are moments that I've been, I've been yeah, caught up to. keeping up with. Exactly. Mm -hmm. But like I haven't watched a proper game until recently yeah. uh, where I got exposed to basketball too a little bit more. And I started watching games, started keeping up with games. And I started also falling, not in love, but like I started liking it a lot. And um, just like football, I've been trying to keep track. Uh, there's not particularly a team I support. I try to support players. Um, I love Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. I also love... So Kevin you Durant. love the Nets? Uh, <laughs> okay, I love the Nets, you can say. <laughs> but yeah, I love a lot of the players, the, the skill they perf I think it's great. I think basketball is a great here's, sport. Here's what you need to know about Sudish here. He does not have a team that he supports, <laughs> but he has a team that he doesn't support. Yeah. And who is that team, Sudish? That's the Golden State Warriors. <laughs> yeah. I, I just don't know. I feel like the Golden State Warriors, like, it's not the team. 
uh, it's more of the fan base. It's like the fan base. I always found them to be a little bit like a bandwagon fans and a little bo like they boast a little bit too much, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, so it was painful to see them yeah. win again this well, year. Well, get used to the boasting because yeah, uh, they are champions and they will be for the next year until we have new champions. Yeah. So we're gonna hear them say. Oh, run it back, baby. So yeah. you're going to hear a lot of that. Yeah. Uh, Just because we talked about the NBA Finals, mm -hmm. what did you think about them? And how was your first experience as a fan of the uh -huh. NBA? Yeah. So I have been looking forward to this year's playoffs mm -hmm. a lot and for a long time because I think although I kept up with the playoffs the year before with Giannis winning it and uh, all of that, yeah. I didn't keep up with it as much as I did this season yeah. and I was excited to do that. I was going to watch every single game. I mean, not watch every single game, but keep track with every single yeah. game and at least watch a series, you know. And uh, that's what I did. And uh, this season I was able to, I think, I think I'm pretty sure I watched at least two, three games of every series that uh, happened mm -hmm. right from the first round. And uh, we watched a lot of it together as well. Yeah. Uh, so it was it was very interesting. I did think this year's playoffs were slightly underwhelming mm, uh, compared okay. to the previous years. Uh, okay. I haven't I didn't watch it as extensively, yeah. but uh, what I felt was especially in the West with uh, the Dallas Mavericks taking the Suns out. That was I that, think the bigger twist of it. Yeah, that was a huge twist. And yeah. once that happened, the wa the Warriors series sort of became yeah a formality. Well. The scoreline does say that, right? I think they won 4-1, if I'm not wrong. Yeah, they did. Uh, and, yeah, it, it sort of became a little underwhelming that the feeling of a conference finals was gone. Yeah. And uh, I did expect, I did think that if Giannis stayed and if the Bucks stayed, they would have it would have been a little yeah. bit more exciting. Uh, and But, yeah, it so happened that the Celtics were matched up with the Bucks and... It, yeah. it was what it was. Speaking of underwhelming, I mean, every game was almost a blowout. Mm -hmm. Like, we were watching some games. We would be like, okay, let's watch the second quarter, third quarter. By the end of the third quarter, we mm -hmm. were not watching anymore because yeah. the game was almost done. Um, and, like, every game was different. But in the case of the finals, they were up. Like, they were very close almost. And we expected that. Both the teams were very well matched. Um, and, yeah, I think it was not the best. Like, not the postseason we had uh, with the Bucks last year mm -hmm. or the Suns run last year or, like, like when the Raptors had the postseason with the crazy buzzer beater. Uh, so, yeah, it was not the same postseason. It was a little underwhelming. I completely agree with that. Speaking of underwhelming, we had another underwhelming Champions League final, which, in my opinion, was very underwhelming as okay. well. The Champions League final yeah. is... Uh, that, that hurts to talk about because yeah. I personally think City should have been in that Champions League final yeah. because, oh, man, two goals in the last two minutes in stoppage yeah. time and getting kicked out it's that was that was that yeah. was painful and yeah it it reminded me of the old days especially after the season that we just had the before before this year and we made it to the finals and we did lose separate story yeah but we did make it to the final and we had a consistent yeah. run-up okay, yeah that's gonna, okay. Uh, no that's fine yeah <laughs> um i think even us, like, we also kind of gave away a goal at the 80th minute, which was very unfortunate. We were winning at that point. Uh, talking uh, about this is Chelsea, Chelsea versus Real Madrid as well. Yeah. So, Real Madrid really played in the clutch yeah. times. And so, Real Madrid are sort of, they went one by one. Yeah, they, you they, first, yeah, they yeah. finished all the top-tier English teams, yeah. which is crazy. But um, as much as I am, um, the finals, I got very excited. It was mm -hmm. a Champions League final. 
last couple of seasons, I think three seasons, uh, the finals have been very underwhelming. One goals is one goal is everything that's been yeah, take, that's, that's taken true, to that's separated. True. It it definitely didn't have the same amount of excitement or gravity yeah. that say the La Decima season yeah. or like the seasons yeah. where uh, Benzema Bale and Cristiano were a yeah. thing. Uh, so that particular run up or those three title wins, yeah. they had like iconic moments in them. Say like. Yeah. The Carius uh, miss, the Gareth Bale bicycle, the Sergio Ramos 94th minute header, all oh, of yeah. that. that was uh, I feel like we're not seeing as much of that. We've not seen the iconic moments such as that. Yeah. Uh, also, how can I forget Salah getting injured? Oh yeah. Which I think was a huge part of the narrative that was in this yeah. Champions League final. Uh, but you 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 thought there for a second. We all, both of us did. We were watching and we were like. Yeah. Ah uh, man, the narrative is just too good for Liverpool yeah. to lose now yeah. because it was like, ah, Salah's gonna come, he's gonna he's take, gonna take his revenge. Yeah, yeah, it was very, um, yeah, it was, it was not a great Champions League final. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that Liverpool deserved to win at most points. They, of the they time. definitely did. I think Courtois. Yeah. Courtois was insane, man of the match, and Jurgen Klopp would also say that if a goalkeeper mm-hmm. wins the man of the match, something's wrong with the game. But yeah. It's a game and the game went well and the finals finished and we are now in the postseason era. Yeah. We're the finals uh, done. We're in the off season both NBA and, and in football. Yeah. And a lot of interesting things happening, isn't it? Very uh, what do you wanna talk about first? I oh. Yeah, go ahead. Let's I think we should talk about the transfer market, I think. Okay, a little bit for more. sure. Um mm-hmm. so as a Chelsea fan, we kinda made a first transfer in Rafinha. With the agreement <laughs> with Leeds and Chelsea, that has happened. But there's still speculation that um, Rafinha might go to Barcelona because they're personal terms that yeah. are not coming through. Which I'm very annoyed about because it's almost like we stole the transfer from Arsenal and now Barcelona might end up stealing it from us. Yeah. And they will end up having the last laugh, which is very mm-hmm. annoying to see. But I would love to see Rafinha play for Chelsea. He's a, he's a proven Premier League player, mm-hmm. a proven FPL. <laughs> FPL asset, yeah. Yeah, it's, he's a pro- I think I would love to see that, but we don't know about that yet. Yeah, we last night we were just talking and we were like, ah, Rafinha to yeah. Chelsea, it's done. He's going to be good and it's going to be great. Yeah. And then today morning we woke up and we've seen the news about uh, Rafinha probably moving to Barca instead yeah. and like sort of the transfer being swept under the rug from yeah. Chelsea. And it's... It's sort of weird, right? Yeah. Uh, the Chelsea transfer of Raf- the Rafinha to Chelsea transfer itself, it was kind of a surprise. Yeah, it came yeah out of totally nowhere. a surprise. Because Fabrizio posted it and we were all like, what? Of, yeah, it was out of nowhere. Uh, because I think when I was like in the Twitter whole bubble, mm-hmm. I was seeing more Sterling transfer rumors, which still hasn't happened. But then I saw Rafinha and I was like, wait, we don't really need a Rafinha, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we don't really need a right winger. We already have one. But then it happened and I was excited because he's a proven player. Yeah. Uh, but let's see. Let's see how it goes yeah. through. It was supposed to be Rafinha to Arsenal we yeah. were talking about there. And yeah. they've been in talks with Leeds, I think, for quite some time now. Yeah. And let's talk about Arsenal there a little bit. Yeah. Uh, what a transfer made some window. Crazy transfers, yeah. some really good signings, really important pieces that I think. Do you think they're gonna make Champions League this year at last? Long uh, awaited. Maybe the trust, the process happens finally. I yeah. don't know. Um, with Arsenal, it's always um, it's always like a up and down. You might be like, they, like we almost saw them make it to the Champions League yeah. last season. I th- I think they were excellent last oh, season. Yeah, yeah. yeah. definitely. And uh, the young pieces 
that Arteta has put with Smithrow, Odegaard, Martinelli especially. Oh, yeah. What a star, right? Yeah. And of course, we can't forget Bukayo Saka. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And especially with the Euros that he had yeah. and the penalty miss and that being sort of a big storyline around him. Yeah. He's just come back and he's done excellently. Yeah. And they almost made uh, the Champions League. And uh, I think it just came down to some inexperience there and some sort of like... Yeah. I think they had some injuries too and Tierney mm. was out for a very long period. He's yeah. been inconsistent there. Also, they got rid of Aubameyang, I think, during the January transfer yeah. window. And they had some problems with Lacazette as well. Mm -hmm. And now that they have signed Gabriel Jesus as a striker, yeah. which is a great opportunity for Jesus, but also for Arsenal, because I think Jesus is a great forward. Yeah. Just couldn't have There's his time with City in the last couple of seasons, especially. Yeah, it just, it just, it just didn't work out for City and uh, Jesus. With that, and I'm being generous when I say that it didn't work out, because it, let's be honest, it really did. Yeah. Uh, he's been a consistent goal scorer. He's been there for big games especially against Real Madrid he's been there against Liverpool he's had some crucial goals but at the end of the day it just made sense for City to move him on to uh, mm. Arsenal because well with Haaland and Alvarez which yeah. we'll come to uh, so other than uh, Gabriel Jesus mm -hmm. we also have Fabio Vieira coming mm -hmm. in if I'm not wrong and uh, I think they've spent around 40 million on him. Yeah. It's an important piece in midfield that they've uh, acquired. And I think they they could do it this time, especially yeah. if, you know, they've had that sort of foundation built with Arteta, with like the vision, the way they want to play. Yeah. And uh, I can see them making the Champions League this season, mm -hmm. uh, especially with the things that are happening with the other teams. I can see a world where Liverpool are dropping off a little bit mm -hmm. purely because of the one and only Sadio Mane leaving. Yeah. And uh, this is this is big, right? Yeah. Because it's uh, I'm not exaggerating, but it's an end of an era for, yeah, for the Liverpool. Premier League and the and Liverpool of course. Yeah. It's the end of the front three. Yeah. Firmino, Salah and Mane. But it's crazy. It's despite the end of this historic front three which mm -hmm. has put up so much of like so many goals and assists together. Yeah. It's crazy how Liverpool have found the right pieces mm -hmm. like Luis Diaz. Now they have brought in a 100 million striker in Darwin Nunes, mm -hmm. which is crazy because I see Nunes as a physical striker who can replace Firmino in the long term. Yeah. And I also can see that Luis Diaz can step up into Mane's roles. We, we don't know, but I can see it happening because I've seen him play in a couple of domestic cup finals against us. Mm -hmm. And he looked very deadly and very scary for me as a Chelsea fan, especially. Yeah. They, they're definitely, Diaz and Mane have sort of a yeah. similar sort of like attacking flair, just yeah. go forward type of outlook, which, which is really cool uh, in terms of their recruiting. And they've recruited really well under yeah. Jurgen Klopp, especially in the past three years. Um, and I don't know, maybe the title race looks different, maybe especially with City now, yeah. also having a little bit of a change up because mm -hmm. it's always been that core yeah. of De Bruyne, Sterling, Aguero and that's sort of changed now now that you know they have a certified striker up front they mm -hmm. have Holland now Holland coming in from uh, Borussia Dortmund much yeah. awaited by the way Erling Holland yes bro yeah. I'm so glad that he's here he's uh, a childhood Man City fan his yeah. dad played for us and uh, I think personally it's a great signing and 
if he can be technical and if he can use that power along with fitting into pep system i can see it being very deadly a very deadly partnership yeah. uh pep and holland uh other than that we've also signed calvin phillips oh yeah which is again huge yeah. right because he's been a great piece in uh, the euros mm-hmm. and uh although he didn't play that much this uh, season has he No, not really. But yeah, Calvin Phillips in the Euro especially, I that's where I mainly saw him mm-hmm. and he didn't see a lot of Leeds games. Um he I I think that he was more instrumental in that midfield yeah. than Declan Rice for me because he was playing a very box to box role. 100%. He was bringing the ball like uh carrying the ball forward. It was great to see him and I don't know how he's going to fit the new City system. He probably will. I'm pretty sure City City's recruitment has not been um that bad as well they have been a really good recruitment team um and i think uh, callum phillips i don't know how many minutes he's going to play in a regular season uh but i'm i can see him playing in that rodri role which rodri yeah, which fernandinho has left behind left by right exactly yeah. yeah and i can see him definitely having a slow start because mm-hmm. rodri has really fit into that yeah. team this season and uh we've usually in the past if we've seen yeah. new signings in the first season mm-hmm. they don't do that well for city yeah. and they don't get that much time they have these little mo- moments of sparks especially mm-hmm. with grealish this season we've yeah. seen that he's had little moments but mm-hmm. he's not been nearly as good yeah. but that was the case with bernardo silva yeah. that was the case with uh, raheem sterling Raheem, yeah. that was the case with leroy sane it was the it was the case with everyone there mm-hmm. so there is uh a world where i can see that being the case but mm-hmm. i can see him sort of become more of a system player as he understands yeah. and i can yeah see that yeah speaking more. of city how do you feel about some of these transfers uh, the outgoings yeah the outgoing of um, gabriel jesus recently right. there's a lot of rumors of sterling also sterling leaving. to chelsea yeah right? so how do you feel like the the main system players like mm. the like even kind of the front three of uh, city's kind of died down now as well uh, the sane the sterling, aguero yeah, sterling that yeah. front three is also gone almost so how do you feeling about that you are ready for the new change uh i personally think sterling should not be leaving mm-hmm. i think he his role will be different now that city have a certified striker up mm-hmm. front i think uh, his sort of duties will change now mm-hmm. uh and he can be more of a wing player and attack from there right and uh, you've seen him a lot of times playing in that false nine role uh during the season when well we played the past two seasons without a striker mm-hmm. and uh i can see that changing a lot mm-hmm. and i think he should be there to see that change in his role himself uh but i totally understand where he's coming from pep doesn't guarantee play time to anyone whether that's yeah. de bruyne or whether that's aguero whether that's sterling sane no one was guaranteed play time yeah. so if that's something that he really values then mm-hmm. by all means he can go because the system is what's most important that's really right. in my opinion mm-hmm. and uh, i personally still think that he has a lot to offer for us because at the end of the day sure he has moments where like you think ah oh, this guy just doesn't do anything yeah. but the numbers don't lie he has mm-hmm. solid 10 goals 10 assists seasons every season and he's a he scores important goals for us and he's just there so i wish he's there but i'm sure you wish he <laughs> comes to chelsea yeah well, right? i um i don't know how to feel about the sterling transfer yeah. um personally 
he is a very he's again a Premier League proven striker or winger, mm -hmm. um, a forward that we would really love to have. Uh, we've had our problems with the number nine strikers, mm -hmm. as we know, uh, but having Sterling would be great because he's a great experienced player. We have a, young, a lot of young players up there in the front right now, and having Sterling would be a great asset, but we never know. Our transfer, our recruitment has been a little um, itchy, I would say, because uh, some of our transfers have not worked out, if not most of our transfers have not worked out, but um, I'm excited. If Sterling does come to Chelsea, I'm excited what uh, what is basically ahead of him um, hopefully he delivers the 10 goals 10 assists like you mentioned uh, and yeah I am excited I have a question for you yeah uh, if you had to choose between Rafinha or Sterling only one can come oh, to Chelsea who would yeah. you choose that's a tough one um, I think I would still go Rafinha more than yeah. because I think um, even if we don't get Sterling we can still play the left wing we still have players that can fit the left wing role more mm -hmm. than the right wing because I'm pretty sure that there will be outgoings with Ziyech uh, coming up because of his injury situation and Rafinha is a player who we know that is going to play regular season like the whole season hopefully mm -hmm. and I would rather have Rafinha but yeah we have talked about all three top four teams mm -hmm. we've also talked about Arsenal who's not even top four but we haven't talked about Spurs Spurs yeah uh, man where to start with Spurs right yeah they have made moves and mm -hmm. they're continuing to make moves they they've focused incredibly on depth this mm -hmm. season, they've uh, they've focused on uh, getting backups for each role. Yeah, they've gotten Perisic in at left wing back. Oh yeah, great. Who can also play winger, of mm -hmm. course. Who played, I think, under Conte in Inter in that win in the yeah. championship season. Yeah, yeah. He had that wing back role in yeah. that position, and uh, now they have two really good wing backs at the left and the right. Yeah, and. Uh, yeah, it's it's. There's also rumors that we read this morning that Richarlison might move to yeah. uh, Spurs, and I think that's there's been talks about that uh, for quite some time now, mm -hmm. right? And uh, they already have Hyunmin Son, Kane, and Kulusevski, which looked like a deadly front three towards yeah. the end of last season, mm -hmm. and uh, they made top four, and they only look stronger this they, year. Yeah, we, I think one transfer you missed is yeah. the Bisuma transfer, right? From Brighton. For 25 million. What a transfer. I think it's a great transfer for them. Their midfield is looking more and more. Let's let's look at that midfield now. Hoybjerg. Yeah, Hoybjerg. Bissouma. Yeah. Oliver Skip. And uh, they have Dyer. They have a couple of other pieces. And yeah. It's, it's looking good for them. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Because Conte just came like halfway through the season. And... They were 7th or 8th, I think, yeah. at that point. Remember when uh, Nuno Espirito Santo? Oh, yeah. I don't even remember that, honestly. That was, that was just like a blip. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, he left and then on Conte came in. Um, there was a little bit of speculation whether he can bring them back up, but he eventually did. And we know how Conte is. His resume is great. He's known to win championships. He's known to win leagues. Yeah. Uh, and it's going to look very scary with Spurs. And it's a very different league. It looks like a very different league coming up because... Yeah, we say that every year. Every year we say it's going to be a different team that's going to come up. Yeah. But I think this year is um, different. I'm being optimistic as a Chelsea fan. I'm also seeing Spurs. I've already seen con the Conte effect. And it's looking interesting. But you never know. Man City and Liverpool might still be at, at the top. Uh, but there are teams that are trying to crawl their way back yeah, up there. For sure. And we, we never know what happens. And we're excited to see more. And uh, speaking of crawling their way back up, Manchester United. Oh, yeah. Uh, 
We haven't talked about yeah. them from the top six. They haven't made any moves this transfer. They have, have had some rumors with Frankie de Jong. I think 85 yeah. million, which is, I don't know. I, yeah. And I, they've lost Pogba. They've lost, oh yeah, they did lose Pogba for free, if I'm not wrong, to Juventus. A new manager? We don't know. Um, yeah, true, new manager. Yeah. Uh, we thought that United, I personally, I predicted United to win the league last season. <laughs> the, but that's because of Ronaldo and, and Sancho. I, we all know how Ronaldo is and Sancho. They also signed Varane, who I don't know where he is right now. Yeah, uh, a lot of injuries. and yeah. They made three crucial transfers last season and it looked like all three of them were going to walk yeah. straight into the first team yeah. and start minutes and they're going to make a difference right yeah. away. And uh, I don't think I can say that about two of them, Varane or Sancho. Yeah. I can definitely say that about Ronaldo. Still putting up the goals at that it's age. Ronaldo. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, but that's kind of it and they've not improved. They've only mm -hmm. gotten worse yeah. in terms of depth. And uh, I can see this being a real struggle for uh, Manchester United. Yeah, 100%. Um, they did get rid of the manager. We mm -hmm. did think a lot of the problems came from the manager. A lot of the, Man um, United, a lot of the Manchester United fans um, also blame the ownership. Despite the ownership spending so much money in the last couple of seasons. <laughs> I think they spent more money than Manchester City. Mm -hmm. And they still haven't had anything to show for it, which is very unfortunate uh, because I think they're going through the phase that Liverpool went through before Jurgen Klopp yeah. right now. And um, it's, it is what it is. And they ended up sixth. Mm -hmm. At least they got to the Europa League. Mm -hmm. It's very, very not... I can't see Cristiano Ronaldo playing on Thursday nights. Yeah, it's that's, that's going to be tough to watch. It's going to be very tough to watch because... We literally call him Mr. Champions League yeah. and there's a reason for that and now he's going to be in the Europa League. After, I, I don't even know. I think it's like been years since you know, Ronaldo has, been playing Champions he, League. Has he ever played in the in Europa, Europa League? League? I'm not I sure. I don't think so because even in his first season at Sporting, I think he played against United in the Champions League. Yes. Yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe it's his first season. Yeah. Let us know. Which is his uh, But before we move on and uh, talk about the NBA and specifically the NBA draft, which yeah. happened a few days ago, I want you to tell me what you think your top six will be this coming season. Um, not in any specific order. I'm going to go with Manchester City, Liverpool, Chelsea, um, Tottenham, Arsenal. And I think I'll go with Manchester United. I'll give them really? the I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. I don't know. I've not seen any other English clubs make big I want you I Okay, want you, I'm gonna I have a hot take. Okay. For sixth. Okay. I'm gonna say Newcastle. Yes, that's my hot take. I don't know. I just feel like the transfers they're making uh, <laughs> is looking it's looking tough. Yeah, I, yeah. I feel like it's just a hot take I just wanted to have and okay. I okay. I, wa I wanted to give the that's benefit of doubt to United, but Mm. I'm gonna give it to Newcastle. Okay, let's let's make it a little exciting. Let's yeah. let's order how it? you order it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, being optimistic, I'll say Chelsea. Uh, second, I'll go for Manchester City. Mm -hmm. Third, I'll go for Spurs this time. Wow. And fourth, I'll go for Liverpool. I still think Liverpool will make top four. Mm -hmm. uh, fifth, I will go for Arsenal. And sixth, which is my hottest take, I think, will be Newcastle United. I'm pretty sure it's not going to be the case. We're gonna we're gonna run case. this back yeah. in uh, a year, Years maybe time. maybe yeah. one year, two months, and yeah. uh, we'll see how right or wrong he is. Yeah. So if Chelsea win the Champions, uh, I mean the Premier League, uh, you don't really care who comes second. I don't first. really care who comes second or third. Fair enough. Fair enough. So here's my yeah top six. I think City will win the league. Okay. But I don't know. You just, you never know. You right? never know, yeah. City first. 
That's a tough one. Ah, it's so hard, right? Yeah. Okay, that's what she said. Yeah, but okay. keep going. <laughs> uh, City first. Yeah. Spurs second. Okay. Liverpool third. Arsenal fourth. Whoa, okay. Chelsea fifth. Okay. And West Ham sixth. Okay, okay. I think that's fair, but like I'm a little salty that he didn't put Chelsea in the Champions League spot. But that's yeah. fine. I uh, the only reason I do that is because I don't, they don't have a striker right now. Right now, that's true. And uh, they've lost Christensen. You've lost uh, Rudiger. Rudiger. And uh, Lukaku. Espeliqueta is getting older and everyone else is yeah. only getting older. So I can see a world where they do drop out of uh, the Champions League, Champions League spot. But we'll see. Anything can happen. Yeah. The transfer window is still open. We'll yeah. keep an eye out on it. Yeah. Moving on. Moving on. Yeah. The NBA draft. That happened... I think a week ago now. It was, it was on what, was Thursday. It? it was on Thursday, yeah. Yeah, it, about a week ago. Yeah, yeah. about a week, yeah. Um, it was a very interesting draft. I mean, mm-hmm. we were, like, Twitter was telling us that there will be a lot of trades. There was technically two main trades. There were two trade. trades and yeah. there was nothing. We, we sort of expected Rudy Gobert to sort of make a move. Maybe a Donovan Mitchell yeah, move. But maybe mm-hmm. some Bradley Beal movement. Yeah, Kyrie. Nothing. We didn't and see anything. And at the end of the day, Kyrie ended De'an- up. It was DeAndre Melton that yeah. moved. DeAnthony Melton. DeAnthony Mel- yeah. Melton and Kemba Walker, the two moves that we know of. Yeah. And um, yeah, but the the first pick, which is a very interesting thing, because none of us thought that Paolo Banchero or Banchero, I don't know how to say that, uh, his name. Sorry. Um, I don't, he, we we didn't expect it. Everyone was saying it's gonna be Jabari Smith. Yeah. Orlando is gonna for for, for the longest time over the past three months, it's been Chet. Yeah. Wants, who kind of we sort of expected to go first, yeah. and then over the past month or so, yeah. or maybe two weeks, it, there was sort of a switchover mm-hmm. to Jabari Smith Jr. Yeah, and uh, which sort of made sense because Orlando Magic is a very bad shooting mm-hmm. team in the past season. Yeah, and Jabari Smith is one of the best shooters in this class, mm-hmm. and uh, we sort of expected to be one of them out of nowhere. Uh, Paolo Banquero came yeah. in. I think one first. of the reasons he went first because he's from Duke, and I think they made a long, a bigger run in the NCAA championships than Chet, Chet's team. That's Gonzaga. I think that's one of the reasons that he was also picked first. And plus, I guess Chet kind of makes more sense in the OKC system. Uh, I don't know. We don't know. They probably did the recruitment right. And yeah, they're all power forward. So well. Historically, the Magic has had issues with recruiting, <laughs> right? Yeah. I think they chose Markel Fultz over uh, other people. And uh, <clears throat> I think the main idea behind them choosing Paolo yeah. is because historically, Duke first picks have done well. Mm-hmm. Zion, mm-hmm. Kyrie. Yeah. They've all done well. So I think that's the sort of uh, path that they've decided to take. Yeah. And uh, we'll see. Again, uh, it's too early to say. Yeah, too early uh, draft to say. bust. Maybe yeah. you, you just you never know. Yeah, you never know. Um, I think one trade in the draft I want to talk about mm-hmm. is the Knicks, Pistons, and uh, Hornets. Hornets. Yeah, yeah. Th- that that I, was huge. Yeah, like you you know a little bit more about the trades. Mm-hmm. So I was wondering who's the winner in this trade I, and who's the loser. I personally think? think the Detroit Pistons are definitely the winners in yeah. that trade. Because uh, they got Jalen Duran, who's Mm -hmm. one of the best centers in the class. And they got Jaden Ivey, who's 
I personally believe is one of the best in the class. Mm-hmm. He sh- he's top three, top mm-hmm. four, hundred percent, and he was picked at. F- they got a top three, top four player at five, mm-hmm. and uh, they've sort of ha- they have this backcourt now of Kate Cunningham and Jaden Ivey, mm-hmm. and uh, there's talks now about Bridges maybe moving to Pistons now that the Hornets don't want to give him a max, and oh, if yeah. that happens, and then they have this solid core around, solid young team. Uh, the Pistons could be dangerous. Mm-hmm. I think the loser of this trade is definitely the Knicks. Mm-hmm. Uh, they gave up, I think, two of their picks, and mm-hmm. they received a lot of future picks. Sure, but I think they could have definitely done good with Jalen Duran or Osman Jiang. Yeah, uh, but it just didn't happen for them. Yeah. Right? That's right. Um, they also gave away Kemba Walker, but I don't know whether that's a big giveaway. I think that was mostly for the salary that they wanted yeah, to get rid of, yeah. which was understandable. Right. Yeah, there's a lot of talks with the Knicks. I think the recent talk of them getting um, Jalen Brunson Jalen Brunson from Mavs, and they're giving him a max, max contract. I think it's a 30 million contract, which is really funny because uh, that's a contract that like superstars get. Mm-hmm. And Jalen Brunson, like he's a he's great had a great season. Great There's season. no question about There's it. Great po- postseason because there was yep. times against the Jazz. He, it was him. There was no Luka Doncic. It, it was, was Jalen Brunson, Reggie Bullock. They were playing their their roles really well. And I'm not saying he's not a is not a good player, but it, we don't know whether he's a player worth the max. And yeah. if if they get Jalen. Brunson, it will be Julius Randle and Jalen Brunson, Brunson, who they will be paying the max con- max contracts to, which is which is crazy, right? That about. is very typical of the Knicks, I would say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But that's kind of what's happened in the basketball world yeah. that uh, we've sort of seen. Yeah, right? I remember us also talking about, and this is now finished the whole drama of Kyrie Irving going into free the idea of him going to free agency having his uh, troubles with the nets contract situation but now eventually getting into the player option and breaking a lot of lakers hearts uh, yeah how do you it, feel about that like what do you think about kyrie and it looked for a moment there as if the lakers were going to get kyrie and yeah. it's going to be a reunion for LeBron. lebron and kyrie yeah but that is definitely not the case now it would seem it it could still happen mm-hmm. there could be sign and trades and uh, knowing Kyrie, maybe last minute, I think Woj probably said that it on Thursday or Wednesday mm. is when he officially submits yeah. his opt-in. Knowing Kyrie, you just you never know. Maybe yeah. he opts out last. It's moment. also funny because I think I read somewhere that they said the Nets organization didn't know that Kyrie's going to opt opt-in until <laughs> Shams, who's a very good source. Um, who went ahead and tweeted that Kyrie is doing the player option, which is very funny to me because that just shows you the distrust and it's going to just get worse, if anything, if it yeah. keeps going like this. But I think Kyrie and Kevin Durant, they sort of have a good relationship. Yeah. I think that sort of stemmed from their mutual hate for James Harden. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, but I think if there was one reason that Kyrie wanted to stay, it was for Kevin, Kevin Durant. Durant. yeah. And... Uh, Stayed, yeah. Especially if Ben Simmons now comes back, yeah, and we can see at least a shadow of what he used to be. Uh, we Except can the free sh- free throw shooting, everything else is fine. Yeah, uh, we can definitely see a Nets championship run. But yeah. who am I to say, right? Yeah, we can still see moves. Uh, and 
during all this drama there was someone who sneaked in a little bit of uh, action and that was Damian Lillard wasn't it yeah <laughs> oh yeah the Kevin Durant the post oh KD you should come in mm-hmm. well um that's probably not going to happen anymore because firstly it was not going to happen in the first place because yeah. I don't think Nets would give away their biggest asset that they have invested so much and lost so much draft capital in um by giving away Kevin Durant and they ha- they basically lost their future for the present because they're going to have a couple couple of years of prime KD and Kyrie and i think till 2027 all their first round picks go to Houston Houston Rockets yeah so they gave away a lot for this for i mean for the super team but that now is is behind them mm-hmm. but yeah so we were not going to see Kevin Durant go to Portland out of all the places but yeah that was uh, funny though yeah yeah it was really funny I want to talk about the DeAnthony Melton trade and the Danny Green. How yeah. did you feel about that and what was your thoughts yeah, about that? Yeah. I thought it was definitely weird. Mhm. Uh I thought they definitely did not need to give up DeAnthony Melton. I think it's a great trade for the Sixers because yeah. they're looking for a uh, backup play. Uh James Harden and Tyrese Maxey are great, but there's no one really there mm-hmm. to back that up and Melton is a great backup player yeah. and uh when he is called upon he really turns up and he right. gets his shots in mm-hmm. he is a very good defender as well yeah uh so the Philly Philly definitely won this in my yeah. opinion and uh on top of that Memphis also gave up 22 and 29 mm-hmm. uh So it's sort of a weird one for me but yeah. I think there's some sort of thought process there from Memphis. Yeah. Uh it could be such that they just wanted mm-hmm. uh the higher pick and they went for it but yeah. I personally thought that DeAnthony Melton was a good piece for us to have and uh well that just wasn't the case. Yeah, it's very un- uh very unfortunate to see that Memphis lost a backup piece but Now there's rumors of a Spurs uh the San Antonio Spurs losing a major piece in DeJounte Murray who's yeah. a who's an all-star a young all-star mm-hmm. and he's going to go to the Hawks. And by the way, he should have been in the defensive all-defensive team yeah. last year. Oh yeah. What a defender. Yeah. And uh if he does move to the Hawks then I can see the whole narrative about ah oh, yeah, Trey Young's really small yeah. and his defense is going to be his lack of defense that is is mm-hmm. going to be sort of the end mm-hmm. of uh the hawks in every playoff yeah. run and i can see that sort of numbing down a little mm-hmm. bit if dejonte goes onto that backcourt because yeah. and also let's the rumor is that they won't even be giving up john collins, john collins. to make this yeah. trade so is... one would assume that if they do get dejonte mm-hmm. that there is more movement to yeah. come and more pieces right. to come into the hawks team yeah So I don't know man the Hawks team could be someone to be reckoned with next season yeah. for sure. They the thing is with the Hawks I'm pretty sure they were the 26th worst team in defense mm-hmm. in the league last year. Um basically their whole like their whole uh, success was coming through offense mainly through uh, Trey Young and uh, now that they have not lost John Collins they still have assets I think to get a better de- to get a defender again in a good center in Rudy Gobert who's another player that has yeah. been in the speculation way that he's going to leave the mm. Utah Jazz especially and after Let's the- also not forget they still do have Clint Capella who yeah. they are willing to trade away yeah. so 
I can see the Hawks having a huge revamp, and yeah. we can see a completely different side next yeah. season. Yeah, it's looking interesting in the East a lot. Yeah, so there hasn't been a lot of trades in the NBA um, so far because it's been a couple of weeks since the off season actually started. Um, uh, so yeah. So it's very interesting coming through and we will be trying to keep up with all the trades and try to talk about it throughout the offseason, throughout the postseason. Um, and we'll look forward to the season coming up. And just to end the episode, to wrap it up, I would like to know what do you, who do you think is going to win the NBA championship next year? That's a tough one, right? Yeah. It's so hard to predict. Yeah, especially but because the trades haven't <clears> happened yet. <throat> I am going to go with the Boston Celtics. Whoa, okay. So you think they'll make the finals again? Yeah. Pass the East. And I think they will win this they'll time. They'll win this time. Okay, that's yeah. fair. I think uh, that's a very good shout. I, I definitely think that's possible. But if a Chris Middleton is not injured and if Giannis continues playing the way he is and he has been playing the way he has been for the last three, four seasons... I don't see the Bucks not winning it all the way. Uh, it's funny that we're not talking about, we don't say Warriors, but that's fine. Um, the Bucks, uh, I would love to see the Bucks win the whole thing. And hopefully Middleton stays um, healthy. healthy. And they, I think they can make it all the way. So Bucks, Celtics. Celtics. That was the matchup this year. Yeah. And we saw who won. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm yeah, kidding. that's fine. Okay. Thank you everyone for watching. That was our first episode of Four Quarters mm -hmm. and Two Halves. Thank you.